0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Learning Grounds. I'm Zach Chase, and you know who loves him some Dean Choresky? I love me some Dean Choresky. That's who I got to talk with in this episode. Dean and I had a wonderful conversation about online teaching, specifically the difficulties we're finding in creating the same sense of community in our online courses as we are able to create in our face-to-face, in-person, physical, look-I-see-you kind of courses. Dean and I talked about that, and toward the end we talked about conference presentations and specifically how we can create community in a group of strangers in a short amount of time in a one-off kind of conference. It's a way different conversation than a class that you know you're going to come back and see each other a little bit later. And we talked about where we'd like to hear more people talking about that because it's just not a conversation we hear people having. If you want to find Dean online, he's at Chereski. That's at S-H-A-R-E-S-K-I. And speaking of you if you want to Shoresky your feelings about the Learning Grounds podcast, yep, that just happened, find us on iTunes at Learning Grounds and give us some stars and write a review, share us with your friends. Uh, we're a fantastic birthday present. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Learning Grounds. How are you, sir?
1: Um, how am I? How am I? That's an actually a really good question.
0: Is it?
1: Yeah, because I don't, uh, I don't have a good word for how I am right now. Um, it's, okay,
0: not it's not bad. Why? Are you unsure how you are right now?
1: Um, well, I'm a little flustered just because I've been away for a while, and I some uh, I, there's just a lot of things I have. I don't feel very organized right now. Maybe that's a good way of saying it. I don't feel very organized right now. Okay. It's a little unsettling for me. Um, as much as i as much as i ch- try to um uh, how could i say this come across as being not very anal and not very um particular i in my in my mind I feel pride about knowing what comes next and what I should be working on and and so forth and um i've had just had a couple of days where just things have gotten away from me a bit, and so it's a little unsettling, but we'll get back. I have, I have a good stretch of time at home to resolve this.
0: And you were um, in, on another continent, right, the last couple of days?
1: I was in two other continents. What were you doing? I was working at a high school, an international school in Istanbul, Turkey, sure. which
0: you know, like Turkey sits – Yeah.
1: And Turkey sits on the nice uh, Bosphorus River. And so I actually was in Europe and I was in Asia um, at varying times throughout that trip. So that was interesting.
0: uh, What were you doing there? What work were you doing?
1: Uh, There's an international school that I was working for that is very, very, uh, how should I say, very new to the notion of of learning via technology and so forth. And so I, I came to sort of give them a... Um, I don't want to say crash course, because that's not what I tried to do. I just tried to give them some introductory um, conversations to begin their own journey for two days. That's what I did. And what
0: would you say... How was? What was the response there? Because, I mean, I've, I've worked with some teachers internationally as well, doing what, based on that kind of bare bones, my bare bones understanding of what you were doing, what was, what did you notice cross-culturally?
1: Well, it takes a while, uh, this particular school, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with international schools, but the the, the little I have, in many cases, they're much more um, homogeneous in terms of their culture and their understanding. This is a true international school with very you know international teachers who many of them um, wouldn't speak wonderful English uh, you know everywhere from folks from Europe to South America to North America and so um, my sense is was that the whole notion of community even amongst themselves is is challenging and, and you know the nature of international schools being such that many of them only stay for two or three years and so it it becomes really difficult and so you, i just i struggled with trying to find what the niche was or what the common ground were where could we all sort of begin from some kind of starting point which i suppose is contrary to um, I mean the, the the name of the game today, which is differentiation and individualization and personalizations. But at the same time, you know, we we also have these same conversations around community, which we talk about a lot, and and having common understandings and and some common. So building that common ground as an outsider, um, many times when you're working with schools here, you have. I don't know, some some loose things to begin that conversation with. And I, I just felt, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like it wasn't, I didn't think I, I it took me, the first day in particular was was challenging because I really need to wrap my head around the second day that I worked with them, I think was was better. But I think it's, it's just a different culture that I'm not, you know, particularly knowledgeable about.
0: Um, that, that brings me to the question I meant to ask first, but what have you been learning lately?
1: So uh, this this pertains a little bit to my initial um, statement to you about feeling unorganized. Um, what I've been learning about lately, and th- I don't learning. I'm thinking about. And you can maybe help me think about this. Um, is this idea of of, of class size? And, and let me let me share with you a couple of. Um, little stories and 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 I'd love to hear what you think about this too. So story number 1 of course is a typical one. I was talking to um a colleague of mine and and you may know her Lee Colbert from Florida whose son is is in university in Orlando. Can't remember the name of the the university there and he was I was talking to him Um, about his studies and he was saying, well, he only goes to school three times a week and most of the stuff's online. And he was actually, he said, I'll show you what this looks like. So on his phone, he pulls up the lecture and PowerPoint of one of his classes. And he says, this is basically my class. So he said, I don't, there's no really reason to go there. They, they record all this and I watch it later and that there are 1600 students in that class. And
0: wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, as your mind begins to process what that means and the quality of that learning and you know all of the questions that come with that and 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 part of me just wants to scream uh, some sort of foul against the university that would even do that to students cuz it, but it's a cash cow for them. They have no they have no reason to stop that because when you have 1600 students each paying, you know, upwards of $500 for that course um why would you? Why would you want to do anything different? That's a beautiful money-making proposition. Right. But when it comes to what does that have anything to do with a community of learners? Is absolutely zero. So there's that story number one, and story number two is my own personal uh, journey. So I teach online as well, and one of my, and I've talked, I probably talked to you or blogged about this in the past, is that I, I really believe in. The fact that just because we teach online, this is not some sort of a correspondence. Here's your assignments, finish when you're done, submit it to me, kind of thing. I'm, I'm really interested in the notion of of community and learning with and from one another in in all kinds of ways and exploring what those ways look like and what works for some, what works for, doesn't work for other. And so it's this ongoing exploration for myself and my students trying to figure out uh, the sweet spot. So. In the past, I've always had um, – well, I've had as few as 12 students and this year I have 38 students and it sort of increased steadily. And I I had a course I taught – last time I taught this course, I had 28 or 29. That was a lot. But 38 is a real struggle for me trying to do what I want to do because here's the thing um, – I want to know my students in some way. So knowing 38 students exclusively online by reading their blogs and connecting with them, some on Twitter, some in other spaces, um, is difficult. And I don't feel like I know my 38 students. And while I I never want to rely on myself, again, part of what I'm trying to create is a community whereby they learn with and from one another as much sometimes more than they would learn from me. I still feel an obligation to them as a teacher to know them and support them. So, um, this, this, um, uh, I've been trying some different things. So assessment wise, I had them, if they chose to, they didn't have to, but if they chose to, they could, they could send me um, a self-assessment of how how they're doing. And really I wanted to ask them a couple questions, how well they think they're doing, what they're enjoying most, what they're struggling with, anything that I could do, uh, differently that I should be doing to help them more or what they'd like to see happen. So it was this sort of overview and they, and I, it was kind of fun because I used Evernote, which is kind of neat. They emailed it to me and then I just responded back with a little audio comment of, of, um, How, you know, my response to them. But there were a number of students that I really, I really, even though they wrote to me and I looked at their blog, I just didn't feel like I knew them. And I don't know if it's, I don't know how much of it is to blame on them, maybe not producing, sharing enough, or whether it's just a function of it's hard, or maybe my own fault, I don't know, or just a function of the fact that, you know, 38 is a big number, to try to really understand and know to the same depth as having 20. And I thought about, um, let me see if I can find the quote, because that's an interesting quote. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about um, class size and research around that, and there's a lot of research to suggest that it um, makes no difference. Doesn't, it doesn't impact at all. Others would suggest different, that it, it does make a difference. So I, I'm not 100% clear on the research. Let me see if I can find the quote that I wanted to. Because I think it's a quote by uh, Mark Prinsky here, if I can find it. Here it is. It's actually an interesting quote. I've used it and I think it applies in many cases. He says um, I think into an important lesson about class size. Having smaller class size matters most when the teacher is doing everything and therefore the bottleneck for reaching all kids in classes where peer to peer and other types of instructions are going on larger classes are often less of a problem. Yeah, that
0: w- So that was going to be how that was my first thinking when you were talking was the question of is it important that you make that personal connection with the students or is it more yeah, important Yeah. That-
1: that's my question cuz I like to I like to know my students. I like to know something weird about them. You know what I mean? Like, and this is, why, this is why Twitter is so fascinating because you have these loose connections with people and they share. Uh, there's a there's – a uh, let me see if I can find the article because I think this, was, this somewhat ties in here. It's on, it was on Fast Company. Let me just look here. It, talked, it actually did some research around status updates on Facebook. And it mentioned the fact that people actually remember of all of the text and things that we're exposed to, we remember much more um, clearly uh, status updates more than anything else that we read. Really? Yes, it, it was really, uh, where the heck is it in here? That was on Fast Company. Let me just do a quick search here. There's the search button. But... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm just having a an, an odd moment.
0: Well, the other piece of it is, um, for those students who you felt like you didn't have a good sense of who they were or that there wasn't a great sense of connection, how much of that was their choice, too, right? Maybe... Yeah. Maybe I chose this online course because I hear you're a, a great teacher. And... My preference is to just experience that, not necessarily to, to move forward and, and feel like I need you to know who I am. I'm doing this to find out who you are and, and what you know, right? I mean, that's, that's a mindset that's pretty much supported by the traditional model of education is, well, I'm taking this. I mean, especially at universities, I've, I'm taking this class from this professor because they are the, the be all and end all.
1: Yes, certainly. And that that would be very flattering to think that that's actually why they did. So I I I'm not, I doubt whether that's the issue. I, I just, I guess I want to, here's the thing. I felt most satisfied in the work that I do. And this is selfish, totally selfish, I'll admit it. But I felt most satisfied when um, the learning that I've had with my students has carried on beyond... The confines of the course. And, and when I say that, I, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, necessarily the, the, the sort of typical, um, uh, you know, picture we have of, of, you know, sitting down, having a glass of wine with your professor 10 years later. That, that's wonderful. I'm just talking about, again, having any kind of a loose connection. So when a student continues to blog beyond the length of the course, when a student uh, sends me a tweet or, or I see them asking a question and I can respond a year or two years later. That just, that's extremely satisfying to me to know. Cause it's something that I talk quite a lot about is the fact that yes. I don't want learning to be confined to this four month, six week period. And I'm trying to de- debunk that notion of learning. Um, and so when I don't have any relationship with them at all, I feel like that's never going to happen. So, I, again, I don't, know, I don't know. That's, again, my own selfish affirmations that I'm looking for or what. But, so but you I just – communicate that with the students? I tell them that. <laughs> I, tell them, <laughs> my, my, I tell them I am a lifetime subscriber of your blog. That is the message that I tell them all the time.
0: No, but I mean in those moments where you feel like you haven't made that connection – how do um, you – I mean? Is, was that in your audio comments? Did you say you know? I've read this and I've I've looked at your work and I, I looked at your comment and your assessment, and I really feel like I haven't connected with you. I mean, is that well in some I, I way have or been. form? I'm
1: wondering if I I don't know if I because the reason that I that I I mean I, I might now that you say that maybe that's something I should be more explicit about. Um, at the same time. I I'm like you said I want to honor the fact that maybe they don't want that connection with me and that's fine. Right. Um, but it is, I'm, again, it's, it's more than just about a personal connection. It's about me having some insight to who they are and what they think about because of what they've shared. And this goes back to, um, another thing that I've written about before about not being able to be a lurker in an online class. It's more difficult to be that way. And I don't know if that's a bias to the way in which I teach that I should provide more ways for them to be a lurker, not necessarily, but I mean, so much of the message that I preach to my students is the fact that my course is built around the notion that you need, that, that learning is not something that is necessarily assessed as much as it is documented. Right. And, and if that continues to be what I'm asking them to do, document your learning, um, and they don't document it <laughs> i don't know what they're learning as well
0: and so what do you do there i mean do, does, does that when grades come into play
1: do you no nah, i don't i don't i don't i don't i mean part of what i again i've tried to do is is set it up so that they i am I struggle with that simply because how you document your learning um is not, I don't want that to be a formula. It's not about writing three blog posts or doing this, the other thing. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm hoping that an outsider would look at their blog and say, oh, I can see exactly what this person is learning and thinking about. And, and yet I still, I still balance that with, um, individual, um, not only autonomy, but but comfort level and preference and, and I'm I'm constantly trying to battle that that notion.
0: Well, and and then if you're inside of a traditional structure at the end of a course, you're still going to need to assign some sort of evaluation to it, right?
1: Yeah, but again, that's the least of my that's the least of my concerns. I'm not worried so much about that. I it's just more about I I guess I I guess what I want is I want them to feel like taking this course was a good experience and that yeah. i did and that i did what i needed to do i'm not i know that all, not all students will like the position that i take the fact that i don't um you know prescribe specific tasks and here's how you do them and you use this software and then you do this so there's step i you know I, I i don't i know that some would prefer if i did and, and i i'm not pandering to
0: that um, but no I, I think what i'm i'm really just thinking is there's they're in a university right and and this is a a gatekeeping institution and you are a gatekeeper of a smaller gate so you at <laughs> the end of a course have to say yes i will vouch for the fact that they are they're when they go out into the world that this this learning has occurred
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and that mm-hmm. as, much a, as much as you want to focus on the did they document their learning, did they not, and then I don't want to impose too much of my evaluation on whether or not I think they documented enough, there's still some sort of bar at the end where you have to say, mm-hmm. there was enough evidence for me to say, yes, they, they got what the university mm-hmm. says they got when they present this to the outside world. Does that make, does that no or yes sir?
1: Well, yeah, it's that just that it's just not, I don't know.
0: Or is that, or is that not that, as much of a concern?
1: No, that is not much of a concern at okay. all to me. I mean, my concern is, is truly about whether they feel like the things that we're doing in this course, um, has meaning there, whether they're, whether they can apply it or not. And, when I don't know who they are, when I feel like I don't know what you're thinking, I, I have no sense of. I mean, it it would be like if if you just you know I don't care in any course if 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 the if the student just sort of gave you this blank stare constantly, you you just have no sense of. There's no getting in there. Like is this, is this is this is this even a thing? Is this even matter to you? Right. And and I don't know. And what I'm saying is with the class size, I'm not 100% sure that this is all the students' fault either. I mean, it's easy to say they're not sharing enough. They're not explaining enough. Um, that may be, but at the same time, I, I really just feel like my, my role in trying to assess where they're at, trying to figure out where they're at, I, I struggle with it because 38 students is a lot of people – because I've had this happen where I think, oh, who is that again? Right. I got two Kendras. I, I can't even attach. Like, if you could throw out certain names of students, and I couldn't tell you anything about them. And I'm not saying that's their fault either. Right. And sometimes it might be. Like, sometimes I'll look and I'll say, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what they've shared. But I think other times I've looked and they actually have done a fair bit of work. But I either missed it, didn't pay attention, uh, whatever it is. And I've never really had that feeling with any, other, with any other class except this one. And so that's my sort of my burning question now, is this the fact that um, there are 38 students in this class and that just is the tipping point of too much to know, or am I doing something different? Am I, am I too preoccupied with other things and I haven't given it enough time on my own to make the effort? To understand these 38 kids. So, or
0: is it, is it many of those things together, right? Is it both of them and problem. you've got one of those students who's really not comfortable sharing online and you've got another student who has, is trying to slide by and, and isn't really engaging as much and they, they're going to present the same online, right? Yeah. Um, as they would often in the classroom, in the physical space as well. But I, I don't, my gut reaction is I don't think it is one of those things, but probably multiple variables kind of working together to get this result sure, sure but like maybe uh, you if you had forty five students you'd be you'd be perfectly fine because seven other things had changed
1: maybe i i I really do that that whole notion of i mean the what's the largest class you've ever taught
0: um thirty three
1: and how or was that any different from any other you
0: thought? it changed how i organized the learning um, when I, in and it was at SLA i mean the classes at SLA were much larger than the school that i came to i came from in in florida those were capped at 20 yeah um so all of a sudden you've thrown you've thrown 13 other students in the difference being uh The online component was there as well, right? So all of a sudden, I was connecting to students on instant messenger. All of a sudden, there were Facebook feeds. All of a sudden, uh, Moodle was present. So there were a lot of different ways for me to get information. So in the 65-minute class period, I might not have talked to every student. I mean, most days I did, but I might not have had the deep kind of conversation I would hope I'd have. But I I had all these other channels, and I think that made the difference versus the 20 student classroom. I didn't have any of those outside connections, but there were 20 kids. So I didn't have as much to keep track of in that moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously adding adding and and, and the organization of that is different and maybe there's something I need to learn about that. I mean, here's the other here's the other thing that's that is a uh, is part of my angst with this. So, so I've done this for a number of my courses where I have matched up my students with another teacher around the world who's doing interesting or mildly interesting things online and so they become sort of a mentor or uh, or try to beat my dog vomit goes.
0: It's that multitasking you were talking about. Yeah.
1: She's gonna take it. I'm not taking it. I gotta take her in the car. My wife wants me to take her in about twenty minutes to her class and show the kids the puppy because she's—I don't know what she's doing—studying dogs or whatever. <laughs> they're just
0: cute to kids. <laughs> they
1: are. Um. So I do this thing where I have my students connected with other teachers online and it is, it is sort of this, again, wonderfully rewarding experience and I'm going to speak completely selfishly for me when I can connect one of my students to an awesome teacher. Uh, example is Corey, who I know you, you've interviewed and, and had on. She, I had When I taught her, I connected her with Bill Ferretter from... Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina and that's been a connection that they've had and and that was that was sort of an example of um introducing my students to other awesome teachers but but I've had this loose um requirement around it because I don't you know I don't again I don't say here's exactly what this looks like because all of these teachers do varying different things online they have very access to different technologies so it runs the gamut from some of my students Skype in and actually teach a lesson, to they comment on their blogs, to they help specific students with a project, they provide feedback for, they create tutorials. So it's kind of a negotiated thing between teacher and students. The challenge of it, of course, particularly from the teacher's end, is that, I mean, they're busy people, and so this is something they're doing over and above what they're doing, and so, Sometimes that means that they don't have a great experience that right. the teacher just runs out of time and so you know trying to trying to you know put that in a in a grading in a assessment thing is is pretty difficult to say the least, but more importantly um it it bothers me when one student has a fantastic experience because a great teacher has has taken the time to do great things with them. And another student who has a lousy experience because the teacher just got busy, life got in the way or didn't understand it or whatever. Right. So that's bothered me now when I'm doing that and, and I've done this and I, again, I know I have to change it. I've just put out an open call on my blog. And so I typically get this time I, I did, I stopped it. As soon as I got 38 or 39 teachers interested, I cut it off and said, that's it. So now I have these 38 random teachers of which I probably know, in some form or another, about 25 of them or 28 of them. And then I have this other group of people who have, I don't know who they are really. They just expressed an interest. And so I've thrown to this mix. And again, some of them turn out to be fantastic, great finds, great right. teachers who, who I'm, I'm so glad they had that opportunity and then others turn out just not to work out so well, but it's the sort of randomness of that. Um, so again, with 38, you know, I've, it's hard for me to, and again, I try to stay out of the way. This is not something that, that, but yet I'll get a, sometimes I'll get an email from a student or a teacher saying, you know, so this isn't working out or I haven't heard from this person from both ends of it. And so I try to be the mediator and see if I can help out from some perspective. And anyways, that's just another thing when there's 38 of them to try to make sure that as many of them as possible have um, a good experience in it. Is difficult. So, this is one of these things where I have to decide is this just this whole notion that I have that I think is so awesome? Maybe I need to scrap it because I can't ensure, you know, even close to 100% success, or do I do it differently? Again, when there's 20 of them, it's much easier for me to kind of oversee things and make sure that a high percentage of those kids have a successful. Uh, experience with this other teacher. So,
0: have you have you thought about uh, doubling up?
1: Uh, yeah, I have had, had done that in the past, um, and 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 that probably is something I need to do. I think what I'm where I'm probably going to head with this the next go around is I'm not going to have an open call to teachers. I'm going to I because I've got enough teachers now that I can hand pick, okay. shoulder-tap, and make sure that I've got you know even if I had 38 students that I had 19 or 20 really. Um, ones that I knew would work well and had a real routine. Uh, cause I have teachers that, that ask me constantly, when are you teaching this again? I want one of your students, uh, you know, so I know they're going above and beyond doing wonderful things. So right. I don't have any shortage of, of teachers. I just, I just have to rethink the organization
0: of it all. But
1: anyways, lots of learning. So this is kind of a downer conversation. Hey?
0: <laughs> That's all right. It's okay to have a downer conversation. <laughs> it just makes you seem more human.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm human all right. <laughs> hey, were you in, uh, were you just in, where were you in Portland with Bud or something? Or what were you doing?
0: Yeah, uh, Bud and I were in Portland at NCCE, the North, hold on, let me say it right, Northwest Council of Computing Education or Computer Education Conference. Uh, Karen Fastenpower organized their kind of pre-conference section. So it was a collection of summits during the day, and people could opt in. So there was a day-long investigation and hacking of the Common Core standards. And we introduced some open education resources. We talked about kind of this is what's coming. Talked about mindsets as we looked and basically said, okay, what's your problem um, that you'd like to fix right today? And then the afternoon space was said, all right, you've got these resources. You've got this information. Now you're going to get the thing that we oftentimes don't get, and that is time. And uh, let some 50 people of all different levels uh, mm-hmm. try to hack some stuff and, and see what they could make. Now what was interesting to me was the hacking, in many cases, just turned into I want to talk to these other people around me. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't necessarily have something that they had produced that they could share, but they had, they'd had a conversation that was worthwhile to them.
1: So, and I wished I would have been able to stay for all of your, the one that you did at the Idaho deal. Oh, right. Because I thought, and this is something, this is actually, we won't have time to talk about this now, but I would love to talk with you and with Bud and with some other folks um, in what does a really good workshop Two-hour, three-hour workshop look like. What are what are the elements that have to be, in and not just the elements of, around. We'll give people a chance to play, but let's talk specifically about. Here's an example of of what we did because I I'm, you know, like, for example, this this thing in Istanbul. So you know, I wanted to give them time to play, but you don't just you don't just tell people to play. You you have to you have to you know surround it with some context, with some, you know, driving ideas, with some tools, with some, with some prompts, whatever it may be. And, and well, some I, I wondered, just,
0: I mean, I struggled with that as we were kind of wrapping up the day because we treated, or we, at least I made a, as much of an effort as I could, and in my eyes, succeeded. Um, we tried to treat everybody like a professional and tried to treat everyone as an adult and tried to treat everyone as a, as a human being. And so, in my estimation, maybe that meant if they didn't want to do the thing, not making them do the thing or not coercing right. them into doing the thing.
1: Right, which I'm all for. But what, again, this is, this is similar to what I said with my students. That's fine if that's their choice. What I worry about is that what could I have done differently leading that so they would have perhaps felt like they had other options as opposed to opt out? You know right. what I mean? Like, again, yeah. this is all about the notion of differentiation. And, and I, uh, and I also think too, I think, I think one of the things that I, that I really think is an important conversation to have is that I, you often hear, you often hear people when they're talking about professional development, say things like, um, well, um, you know, we don't want our we wouldn't want our kids to be lectured at so but we're being lectured at here or, or the, you know, that, that it's, right that student learning and adult learning is always identical and a classroom uh, environment and an adult learning environment with random people thrown together for two hours should look similar. I, I, I would think there, yes, there are similarities, but I also think there's some differences that have to be acknowledged in those settings too. And what are those differences and, and what are the things that you need to pay attention to? So I, I think that would be, uh, I would really be uh, interested in sitting down and and I would share the few things that I've had what I think is relative success with which which people respond to and 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 seem well received but i i'm I'm always trying to tweak that model and and add more things to my repertoire uh particularly you know as you experience and, and align those that repertoire to different cultures and environments and people so that I can make better better choices around organizing, designing designing the learning
0: right there's a i'm, I'm probably going to be up in winnipeg in april um working with lois mcgill horn um in her school i don't know if you know her or not i don't or if you've seen her on i mean not because she's canadian because that's yeah, not yeah, what yeah. i'm saying uh but because she's on the twitter um and and that was one of the things as I was walking home today, I was kind of thinking, All right, I need to find out and that's and that's I think the piece that I've been learning is I need to find out when I'm doing dealing with a group that's site based, I need to find out what that culture is before I step in because I find myself having to make up so much ground even in the first twenty to thirty minutes, getting a vibe of the room. Yeah. And and how can yeah. I how can I prepare for that ahead of time? So that I'm not spending the that chunk of the day, trying to get to know. All right, what are the things we do? What are the things we don't do? What are the major initiatives, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've always seen a lot of people do that very well, right? There's, I mean, because some people who who move and do this kind of work are. Here's the thing I do. I do yeah. it pretty much the same every time. Right.
1: <laughs> and 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 it works with a large number of people, and it works to a certain degree with everybody. You'll I'll get, you know, this much out of it, even right. if, but yeah, and I, I just, I'm trying really, really hard and I'm trying really hard to do this when I, even if I give a, a what you would say, a canned presentation, right. I'm going to know it or whatever. I really try hard. I know I don't hit the mark with it, um, all the time, nearly enough, whatever, but I really try hard to make it, um, unique, make it conversational, make it personal in some way that this isn't just, I mean, I have, yeah, there's things I would, I could, t- I will talk about all the time. I mean, I've been talking about this idea of joy and, and whatnot, but even in that context of that big thing, that's kind of who I am, what I'm about, but I also want to frame it in a way that makes sense if I'm talking with first grade teachers or if I'm right. talking with, you know, that it doesn't look the same and it's not formula, formulaic. If that's well, that was,
0: I was, um, over Thanksgiving, uh, when went to uh, Kuala Lumpur and was working with teachers from Pakistan and Malaysia and talking about the ethic of care and how you show care for children and realized and hadn't and had thought about it a little bit, but not nearly enough to think, oh, this is going to be culturally a very different vibe. Right. Uh, and it came up as I was talking about just the generalities of it. Just, and, and these are the things that are the core tenets of the idea. And teachers saying, yeah, we, we really don't know how to say those things to kids, right? Hmm. Not, not just like, it's hard to see it in every kid, but we, we just right. don't have the language to do that. That's not part of our culture. And thinking, well, oh, well, this is, a, this is and, and, and worked through it. I mean, we got to a good place, but, yeah. oh, and I don't know that I could have known that ahead of time, right? right. I don't know that anybody's talked, to, they're, they're, I would have found a really good source of information on, the showing of care across these two cultures. But still still a piece of, oh, this message needs to shift if we're going to get access to it. And then the goals shift as well, right? Because if it is my culture or, or a culture similar to mine, I, I'm i setting goals that I've, I'm pretty sure, oh, we, we're going to speak the same language. We'll have the same norms. We'll be able to get to these things. and But presenting cross-culturally, it was, oh, okay, I need to reevaluate. What success is going to be at the end of this?
1: I I really this is what this is could be your next uh, Google Hangout is what does a good what's your best what's your best adult workshop ideas or something like that because I I'd like to I'd like to get better at what I do.
0: Yeah, I've I've been having those same questions because so. again I
1: I. I I leave sometimes thinking that was awesome, that clicked, and you know you're. Eh. But the problem with it, as compared to say uh, the conversation about the classroom, is that you don't. Know, at least for me, I don't do it enough to really um, kind of get a groove in. You know what I mean? Like right. when you're only doing it once or twice a month at the most, or whatever. It's not like I do this every. You know, it's not like you're in a classroom every day where you you develop a groove. And again, the, there's the a big distinction. Yeah, there's a big distinction between I know all these kids, and and that's going to inform my my planning and my uh, my learning design and my learning environment um, more closely than these are random people from a random country, um, and I'm going to walk in with you know without knowing them, and so I have to have some things that are generic enough that will work kind of in almost every situation, but I also have to be able to um, you know, make some, make some calls along the way, depending on, you know, the other thing is, is just actually the physical environment, the space. Oh, okay. So they're all sitting in, ta- they're all at tables or they're if all in No table. I would not design this this way. Yeah. Okay. So how do I then, do I push through? Cause this activity or this thing I'm going to do depends upon them being able to do X, Y, and Z and they can't, you know, all those things to do. And I mean, and most of us are pretty good at, you know, whatever we can make a couple changes on the fly. But I often think thinking back, sometimes I think, huh, if I'd had more time to think that through, I probably would have done it this way. So I think having just a few a few go to moves that right. can be used in different contexts, I think would be would be useful. So um with that, I'm gonna have to take my dog to my wife's class.
0: So I'm gonna have to say go. But thanks for listening. Thanks for posting some really interesting questions. I will. I'm excited to now read and uh, and <laughs> and see what your answers are as you continue to think on these things.
1: Yeah. Well, you helped me a bit. I I tweeted you the article about the Facebook status thing, which I think was interesting too.
0: Yeah, so I saw that. that. I'm, I'm eager Excuse to read you? that as well. Yeah. Uh, I, well,
1: as a, as an English teacher, I think you will find that actually fairly interesting.
0: And I'll try to see if I can put together a group of people who. We want to talk about presentations and, and how do you it. work with adults. Yeah.
1: Get, get the bud hunt. He's, he's kind of, you know, he's obviously got some moves. Um, right. Yeah. It'd be great to get four or five people that kind of get it right. A lot of the times and say, here's, here's my best, here's my best stuff. And here's where I, here's where somebody could really help me out because
0: I don't get this very well. I'll see what I can do just for you, Dean. Appreciate that. All right. All right. sir. Thanks very much for taking time to talk. You have a good day. You do the same. Have fun with the dog. I will. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Learning Grounds. I'm Zach Chase. Our intro and outro music comes from New Dance Boys Mission, and it's called Intro. It's licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. Learning Grounds is also licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. I dare you to say it three times fast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.